You're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Over. This is Kim, and welcome to the 151st episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today marks the first podcast of my fourth season. I can't believe we're going into our fourth year. This month is going to be about coaching, and today I want to talk to you about the work of Prochaska and Di Clementi and their stage model for change. I find it very useful when I'm working with my clients to assess where they are in their readiness to implement whatever change they're trying to make in their life. It'll inform the approach I'll take with my work with them. Let's see what you think. As a coach, there's probably nothing more you want than to see your clients accomplish their goals. There are many things that affect the outcome of your coaching sessions, not the least of which is your client's readiness for change. Presumably, the client wants to change. Why else would they hire a coach? But this is not always correct. When your client is not ready to go into action, you may have the urge to try to push, pull, or drag them over the finish line. This is not your job. As a coach, you have three jobs to do during your session. One, you're responsible for creating a need-satisfying environment for your client. This does not mean the client has to get their needs met within the context of your relationship. That is their job. Your job is to provide them the opportunity. Two, you're responsible for providing any missing information your client might need to make their best decision. This does not mean your client will alter their course based on your information. That's their job. Your job is simply to provide the information. And three, you're responsible for asking effective self-evaluation questions to help your client evaluate the effectiveness of their behavior to this point. It doesn't mean your client will choose the behavior you think is best. That's their job. Your job is to ask the questions that lead them to self-evaluation. You shouldn't attempt to influence or change your client's self-evaluation. What if the client is not motivated? You'll know it's time to explore your client's motivation when you find yourself working harder than they are. If you're expending more energy than your client, it's time to step back and place the responsibility for change where it belongs, with them. Your job is to support this progress while holding them accountable for what they say they want. It's not your job to motivate them or push them into doing what you think is good for them or what you think is best. Stay on your side of the helping equation and explore your client's motivation. Let's say your client is motivated. To determine if they're really motivated, explore the why behind their motivation. Why is it important to them to accomplish their goals? You'll want to keep asking about what changes for them if they accomplish what they want. You're searching for an answer where you see, hear, or feel an energy shift. If your client is normally upbeat and talkative, when they get to a core desire, they get quiet. Talking about it slower, softer, with passion in their voice. If your client is normally quiet and meditative, when they get to something that really matters to them, you'll see a stronger, more animated conversation from them. This is your sign that you've discovered an important motivator for your client. You may also find the client is motivated, but there are obstacles getting in the way of their forward movement. 
When this is the case, you want to address it directly. For example, you tell me you want blank, and yet you haven't made any movement in that direction. What do you think might be stopping you? Let's look at Prochaska and DiClemente's stages of change model. In 1983, Prochaska and DiClemente developed their stages of change model to provide understanding of how people with addiction move into recovery. Their model has five stages with a sixth optional stage that not everyone experiences. This model isn't limited to addiction and has been used for areas like regular exercise, healthy eating, and stress management, and I believe it can also be applied to the coaching process to help clients and coaches alike determine what stage the client is in and how to best move to the next stage of change. The five stages are pre-contemplation, where your client is not ready, contemplation, where the client is getting ready, preparation, where they are ready, action, where they're doing the healthy behavior, and maintenance, where they're doing the healthy behavior longer than, say, six months. In coaching, relapse would represent a reversion back to the behaviors before the change is made throughout the coaching process. Let's look at the signs of each stage, as well as the techniques a coach might use with someone in each of these stages. Pre-contemplation signs. When a person is in the pre-contemplation stage, they don't even know that there's a change they need to make. It's the perfect personification of the phrase, ignorance is bliss. This can happen when someone sends a person to you for coaching, like a manager at work, a parent sends their child, or a person sends their spouse or partner. The client doesn't want any help because they're not even aware there's a need for it, or they're so demoralized from having tried and failed. The person may even become defensive if you suggest they may need help. A client in this stage often feels the world is against them and they're being terribly misunderstood. Pre-contemplation techniques. When you're working with someone in this stage, you must focus on building a strong rapport. Let the client know it's up to them to decide to change or not. Make sure they understand you're not pushing for action, but you're encouraging them to move to the next stage when they're ready. Provide education if it seems appropriate or helpful. Focus on the benefits of doing the healthier behavior. It may be appropriate to ask what the risk would be to change. And also ask the flip side of that question. Would there be any risk of staying the same? Again, if you have information your client may not have about potential risks, it will be helpful to share that information, but not in a way that you're trying to stop them. It's just consciousness raising. Let them know you can work with them wherever they are. Signs they're in the contemplation stage. In this stage, the client's thinking about and considering change, but they have mixed feelings about it. Sometimes they see the benefit in changing. Other times they oppose changing, thinking there's no need. They're aware of some of the negative consequences of staying the same, but aren't yet in enough pain to commit to the change. They've become aware of the need for change, but still don't know how to go about doing it. Contemplation techniques. During this stage, it's important for the coach to continue building the relationship with the client. Do not push or apply any pressure towards action. You want to validate that the decision to change is all theirs, and it's perfectly all right to be ambivalent. 
Ask self-evaluation questions for the client to consider how they see themselves if things remain the same, as well as what would change if they choose a new path. Ask your client to articulate their long-term goals and inquire how staying in their current course fits with those goals. If needed, provide information about the long-term consequences of staying the same. Help them reduce the cons of going into action. Preparation signs. At this point, the client is verbally committed to making a change and does the research into what it will take. The client may try small steps to test the waters of what the change might look like. They may begin to rally their support system to help with their transition to the new behaviors. Preparation techniques. When your client is in the preparation stage, you want to discuss and make plans for overcoming any possible obstacles. This would be a great time to determine if a skills assessment would be useful to see if the client has the skills they need to be successful with their change. It's advisable to help the client identify, strengthen, and activate their support system. You want to encourage their decision for long-term positive change, no matter how painful the change may be initially. Help the client understand the concept of giving up what they want right now for what they really want in the long term. Action signs. When the client is in the action stage, they're depending on their plan and processes of change like seeking support, avoiding tempting situations, rewarding themselves, and substituting healthier behaviors. They're taking action steps, adding new behaviors to replace old ones that they're working to change. During this time, clients lean on their social supports and avoid triggers for relapse. They now know what they need to do, and they're very conscious of the steps they're taking to implement change. If they allow their consciousness to lapse, they're in real danger of returning to their old habits and potentially relapse, the sixth stage that some people experience. Action techniques. When the client is in the action phase, it's important for the coach to help the client stay focused on the long-term goal with all its benefits. Be certain to recognize all the small successes along the way, reinforcing the client's ability to make the overall transition. The coach needs to help clients balance any feelings of loss from the old ways with the long-term gain of sticking to their plan to prevent them from giving up. Also, since mismanaged stress can lead to relapse, be sure to help them develop a plan to deal with distress through support, exercise, meditation, or mindfulness. Maintenance signs. Your client no longer needs to work as hard as they did in the action stage. The new behavior has become a habit and the client has adjusted to their new normal. They're able to resist the pullback to their old life and are successful at avoiding situations and triggers that could lead to relapse. Their plan for managing distress is working to avoid relapse. The person is competent at their new skill without having to think about their every move. Maintenance techniques. When the client is in the maintenance stage, the coach works with them to redefine their sense of self because their identity is different now that they've made their changes successfully. Coaches need to help their clients continue to connect with their reason or the why that they went through this change and remind themselves of all the benefits so they can continue with the positive energy they have from achieving their goal. 
The coach also helps their clients plan proactively for relapse prevention, which means having a plan of what the client will do instead of returning to their old behaviors, should the urge to do so present itself. Relapse. This isn't inevitable, but it can happen when the client goes back to their previous behavior. It's usually accompanied with an overwhelming sense of failure, shame, and lowered self-esteem. Relapse techniques. After a relapse, it's important for the coach to remind clients that relapse is totally normal. People often return to their old habits. After all, they are habitual. Invite your client to reassess their motivation. Is change still what they want? If so, discuss the obstacles to returning to the new behavior and life. Make plans to overcome those obstacles. Look with your client at the relapse with curiosity to dissect what caused it so you can work with your client to create a plan to prevent that from happening again. There's no mistakes when you can learn from them. When the client is still committed to the change, it's important to encourage them to get back into the preparation stage as soon as possible. Help them strengthen their resilience while developing more effective coping mechanisms so they'll be ready to be more successful in their action phase. Some additional considerations on motivation. Just because your client isn't making progress doesn't necessarily mean they're not motivated. There are several other possibilities to explore. Does your client trust you? If not, you may need to invest more in the relationship building part of the coaching process. If you have not yet discovered some connections with your client, it's a good thing to accomplish. Maybe your client thinks you're judging them. You may also check to see if what your clients say they want is what they really want. There are times when clients will say what they think they're supposed to want. Consider if the steps are too big. Sometimes clients stop dead in their tracks with a terrifyingly big goal. Have small goals to move to the next stage. For example, raise the pros to get to contemplation. Reduce the cons to get to preparation. Is the client moving towards a plan someone else wants for them? Sometimes people have someone in their life who's insisting they change and they want to please them, but it's not what they really want. Is it possible that there's a competing want that hasn't yet been revealed that gets in the way of progress towards what the client consciously wants? If you determine throughout the coaching process that the client is in pre-contemplation, discouraged and demoralized, teach them to change through the stages of change. It's a system they may not have used before. Inspire them by pointing out the pros. Let them know how the behavior is impacting their loved ones. Let them know you're there for them and you won't give up. Help them to recognize their defenses and encourage them to set them aside for a session. If after this, you assess your client isn't motivated to make any changes, then the ethical thing as a coach is to recommend a suspension of the coaching services and plan to check back with them within two to six weeks. I hope this information has been helpful for your work in coaching. If you're considering adding a board-certified coach credential to your arsenal, we have a board-certified coaching program at Academy of Choice. We have an in-person program running May 2nd to 6th, where you will complete the training portion of achieving this credential. You can attend in person or on Zoom. You can register at academyofchoice.com 
or if you would prefer to schedule a consultation, I'll put the link to schedule some time with me in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. Next week, I'll be interviewing Carmela Navarro, a coach with vast experience working with the military. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.